G'day folks, welcome to Pause and Listen, a podcast series brought to you by Big Dog Pet Foods, the leading pet nutrition provider in Australia with over 20 years of experience in the pet industry. We provide educational resources for pet parents and are proud of being transparent in everything we do. The podcast series is hosted by me, Johnny Manning, and we bring you interviews and deep dives into pet nutrition, pet care, training, and regular Ask a Vet segments. So thanks for tuning in. Now get your tails wagging and we'll get yapping. Good day, pet owners, fur parents, lovers of all creatures, great and small. Welcome to Pause. And listen, this is a Big Dog Pet Foods podcast and it's a place for you to come and find out all manner of pet-related information. My name's Johnny Manning, I'm your host, but today... I'm going to be talking to someone special, the one, the only, the host of the hit TV show Pooches at Play, author of Eat, Pray, Love Your Dog and World of Dogs, the amazing Lara Shannon. G'day, Lara. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Welcome back. It's been a long, long time since you have graced the, I'm going to say the airwaves, but also the video waves. Of a Big Dog Pet Foods podcast. Um, How good is Big Dog Pet Foods? Let's just kick off with that. Aren't they awesome? They were. That's why I was a bit late. I was just feeding my boys it. And you'll probably hear there's some people outside. So I reckon Vindy's going to grace us with his his barking. (laughs) Well, we're talking about dogs, so it's only fitting that the dogs talk to us through this podcast. So I'm comfortable with that if you are. (laughs) Absolutely. Now... We could go down many different avenues of conversation with you, Lara, because you are so knowledgeable and experienced. But what I would like to talk to you about today is, well, it's a bit of a dilemma. And it, and it's one that will be facing me before too long, I'm sure, because I've got, I'm down one pooch. Walter passed away last year. And my little legend, Frank, he's getting on a little bit. He's 14 and a half. So at some point... Frank is going to say, you know what, I think I've had enough. And it's okay, he's achieved a lot. But then once Frank uh, wanders off to the, you know, whatever's next for him. Go bridge, we like to call it. Yeah, that's it. That is exactly it. There's going to come a time where I'm going to have to go back into puppy parent land. And I've pretty much forgotten everything that's involved in being a puppy parent. So I want you to take me through everything I need to know when I get a puppy. And I don't care where you start. You can start at choosing the right puppy if you want. I don't care where you start because I'm going to need all of this information for me to get back onto that uh, that situation and get back in there and be a good puppy parent, the best puppy yes. parent. Yes, yes. Well, I'll probably jump all over the place because there is so much information that people need to know. Um, but first and foremost, let's start with choosing the right puppy or dog mm. because I was a little bit late as well because I was busy playing with a dog down the road that's left all day, every day for at least 12 hours with nothing to do about the front of their yard. Um, and it drives me crazy. It's cold. So I've left him some blankets and Aww. I think 
yeah, they know. I've spoken to them before and I think it's a case some children came along, life got busy, they work all day and they don't really have a lot of options. So number one, if you are going to get a puppy or a dog, make sure that you have the lifestyle that enables you to care for it, not just when it's a puppy or now when you're footloose and fancy free. If you've got no children, you might think it's great. But when the kids come along, it can be really hard, particularly if your dog's a high energy dog or, you know, they need a lot of exercise, et cetera, et cetera. Or you have to work long hours, maybe you rent and you might have to move home and that could become a problem. So number one, I always say to anyone that's considering getting a puppy to think long term, like think at least 10, 12 15 years and I know that's really hard and people might think that's a bit extreme but really we see so many dogs that kind of get shuffled to the side once children come along or they have to be surrendered if people have to move home um, move overseas and the like so if you can think far out that's the first thing to do and then think about what kind of breed um, may suit your lifestyle as well so If you're working long hours, then, you know, a highly energetic working dog and if you haven't got time to run them and exercise them every day, then they're probably not for you. Um, you know. Okay, well then tell me this. Let's say I do work reasonably long hours, but I really want a puppy. Um, I'm not going to go get a Kelpie, but what should I be looking for? Look, the trouble with work, look, all dogs need daily exercise, but there are some, you know, staffies, for example, are very needy. A lot of people don't realise that, but they need to be with their family. So they are prone to separation anxiety. So you wouldn't be getting a staffie and leaving alone all day. There are some breeds that are a bit more aloof, um, that are perhaps okay to spend time alone. It is dependent on the individual dog as well. Um, But, you know, there's also the companion dogs and the lap dogs that, you know, need to have people around them 24-7 as well. So I think rather than trying to list off what dog's going to be right for whatever because it is individual, I would say Mm. make sure you research the breed and, and look for independence as one. Um, Look for any signs of, you know, family dogs need company, anxiety, you know, prone to anxiety, and they're not a dog to get if you're not going to be around a lot. So it's about knowing the breed and then, you know, then work back from there. And then also looking for options that you might have like doggy daycare, pet sitters, friends and family that can look after it as well. Yeah, sure. Okay. So we've done our research and we've decided that, uh, you know, the particular breed X is the breed that we want. We then look up breeders or do we, I mean, it's a, it's not so much a question of, I guess, morality, but I mean, I tend to think that my next one's going to be a, uh, a rescue. You look, know? I've never had a puppy personally. Um, I'm a rescue girl through and through. I believe that there are enough dogs and so many dogs out there that need a home. Um, it's just really tough bringing more puppies into the world when we have so many that need homes. But again, not judging because I know people have specific needs. Um, so but there are plenty of rescue 
puppies out there that need rescuing as well, right? That's kind of what I'm getting at. You know, there are still puppies out there that need homes. Absolutely. There's all types of dogs that need homes as well. And puppies, a lot of rescues rescue pregnant mothers that from towns and shelters that have puppies. So they desperately need homes for those puppies. So the first place I would start is looking on Pet Rescue. It's a website that lists many rescue sites or contact any local rescue groups in your state and put yourself down on their waiting list. Always, always offer, if you can, to become a foster carer first because it does kind of help them get to know you. It also gives you a good opportunity to see if you are ready for a dog and it might even give you the opportunity to see if you are ready for a puppy because I warn people. (laughs) It's like having a new baby. So, and I think a lot of people forget that, totally forget that. And I, yeah, yeah. so see if you can start with rescue and chat to the rescue groups, put yourself down and get to know them, volunteer as well. Um, do all those things beforehand. And if you think, oh, it's a bit of a commitment, well, so is having a puppy. So start, start part-time or small, I say. Yeah, that makes sense. That's why we're having this discussion because uh, I reckon I have forgotten what it's like to be a puppy parent. Okay, so let's say we've gone through that process and now we're we're at that day that you once you pick out the puppy, it's almost like it's it's a torture because sometimes you have to go away for a couple of weeks and you know I pick it up and you know in in two weeks, yeah, and then you come back and you get this little bundle of absolute preciousness and joy. Is there a is there a way to to approach your new puppy, like for it to I don't know imprint on you or something? I mean, what should your first interaction with your new puppy be? Okay, if you can take a blanket or some item of clothing if they're interstate, see if you can send them something so that you can have that item of clothing with the puppy and its mother, and that when you pick it up, you take that home with you so that they've still got the smell of their mother and their siblings around them that can help them settle. Really important if you can do that. Um, be mindful of the car ride home and helping them settle in. So, you know, you've picked them up. You want to make that as positive as possible, that journey home. But also when you get them home, if you have children or people around, it's really important that they have a really calm um introduction I guess into their new home in the world it's very overwhelming they've left their family they're probably feeling really unsure about what's going on and the last thing that we need is a lot of excited kids wanting to grab them and hold them and overwhelm them and a lot of these tips are the same with rescue dogs as well so just keeping it really calm and just showing the dog like begin potty training straight away like you know watch them Every 30 minutes, they're going to need to go to the toilet, if not more regularly. So watch for the sniffing and the curling and start puppy training straight away up and out into the spot that you want them to go toileting would be my number one tip from the minute they get in the door, right? Because they're sniffing. I reckon that's a a bigger bigger discussion. So I reckon we'll get to that. I, I want to touch on when you said create a calm environment especially if there are lots of kids around and things like that yes how do we do that I mean let's say I've got a couple of you know a 10 year old and an 8 year old all they're going to want to do is play with this puppy and the puppy looks like it's going to be enjoying it how do I know what's too much and what isn't yep so ask the kids to sit down 
Um, perhaps have them sit down in the lounge and let the puppy come to them. If the puppy's jumping and biting and pulling at their hair, no screaming or laughing or encouraging that because that's what you're going to end up uh, with as an older dog. So, you know, just reminding the kids that, hey, everything that we allow the puppy to do now or that we teach the puppy or that we encourage is going to continue when they become a 40 kilogram dog for example so I think it's just about getting the kids to stay down and just respect that they need to get down to the puppies level and just um yes play with it have a bit of fun but just keep the boundaries and uh, do you believe in like a pen for the puppy or would you put it in the laundry or the bathroom or you know does it need to have uh visual of you like tell me how that's that should work because yeah, i got my so, own ideas yes so the for the first week in particular so crate training a lot of people don't understand the benefits of crate training we have articles and i show you how to do that on the pooches at play website pooches at play.com um crate training is really great in that it gives the puppy a safe space to go to so set that up in a quiet area only good things ever happen in that crate encourage them in you know put a nice soft blanket some toys and everything encourage them in with some treats and food leave the door open until you know such a time they're confidently walking in there themselves and feeling really comfortable but tell children as well so set that up in a room look the first few nights if for a while i would really say use that crate and put it in your room next to the bed because the puppy is going to cry. Now, a lot of people go, well, I don't want my dog in the room, you know, whatever, and they need to learn some independence training. But those first couple of nights, they're going to really struggle. So at least you don't have to get up and go to them. You can just kind of stick your hand while you're half asleep and give them a little tickle inside of the crate as well. And also if they're really crying and it sounds like they might need to go to the toilet, you can get them up and get them out of there as well. Um, The idea though, you want them, crates are really good because they learn to hold on longer because they don't want to pee in their den. But the first few nights are going to be, you know, generally quite a struggle. So just having them nice and close and being able to just, you know, comfort them a little bit, but not too much and also get them out for pee. Toileting is great as well. So crates are awesome. Make sure kids don't go there and that they're told that when the puppy takes itself to the crate, it needs to be left alone. That is incredible advice and a little bit more uh, involved and probably intelligent than, uh, that silly idea I had in my head, but that's okay. We'll move forward. So we've got we've got it uh, training in the crate. Now this potty training side of it, you, you got to take me through this from start to finish. So, what is the best way to potty train a puppy? Be around it. Don't leave them on their own. So if your yeah. puppy is. Um, spending time alone, do use a crate uh, or a, and even a pen. So when you're not okay, around observing okay. them, put some puppy pads yep. in that pen um, so that they can learn to go on there. And every time, if you are using puppy pads in a pen, for example, every time they go there and pee on it or you want to lure them over, and once they pee on that, yes, mark that good dog and give them a reward. So they learn where you want them to go if they're in a contained place. However, ideally... If you can spend some time with them, you see them sniffing and circling. Remember, every 20 to 30 minutes, keep an eye out before meals, after meals, when they wake up and before bed, picking them up and taking them outside to where you want them to go. 
letting them do their business, waiting if you have to. And as soon as they do, yes, good dog, praise, treat, whatever it is. So you're using positive reinforcement to show them where you want them to go. And when they learn that that's where they need to go, they'll keep doing it. Don't punish them if they pee inside. It's more of a case of if they're in the middle of a pee, ooh, 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 take them outside. Put them where you want them to okay. go. They keep peeing. Yes, good dog reward. And then they soon learn, ah, that's where I need to go. Uh, the old school way of sort of getting the puppy and putting its, not face in it, but near it and going, no, no, that's that's no good. On. The puppy has no idea and, and especially so – you know, it's proven that positive reinforcement training is the way to go, that they learn better. You, If you're rubbing your nose in their pee and using any kind of aversive stuff for a very natural behaviour, you're likely to encourage fear and oh. therefore potentially anxiety into your dog. So, um, yeah, no, okay. that's well debunked. Instead, it's literally, and if they've done it, like if you don't catch a dog doing a behaviour within about five seconds, and them learning that there's a consequence, they've completely forgotten. So if you come in later and you've seen your puppy's pee and then you're rubbing their nose in it, you're actually punishing your puppy for something they have no idea. All they know is that their pee's there, you're rubbing their face in it, you're angry, and they have no idea what it's about and why. That's so horrible. They're like, I don't know what I did. Why are you angry at me? No. <laughs> that brings me back to guilt as well. So just briefly on that. Dogs don't feel guilt, and that's why. They don't feel guilt. They don't have the cognitive. No, I, uh, I'm certain, yeah, that makes complete sense. There is no way Frank feels guilty about manipulating me 24-7. No, he can't. is a master manipulator. Yeah. No, and, they just, they're just dogs and they train you. <laughs> I, I think, um, I don't even think he feels guilty when he calls me fat. I really don't think he does. No, you know? know? They're just, they live in the moment. They just call it as they see it. <laughs> oh, he's a terrible person, Frank. I don't feel guilty when I tell an owner that their dog's fat either. <laughs> no, it's that, uh, I, I don't go far as saying that. I'm like, oh, what do you feed them? <laughs> My friends say I'm brutal. I come in, I'm like, no needs to lose weight. That's it. And they're like, like, oh, my God. I'm like, needs to lose it. Get onto it. He's just big boned. He's not fat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Poor old Frank. I don't bust his chops too much. He's 14 and a half. I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I I don't take him out for the long runs I used to. So he might be, he's probably only carrying a kilo or so. He's okay. Hey, even the Mona Lisa's falling apart, Lara. All right. We can't, you know. No one's perfect. Let's let's be honest. Food, nano, less food. <laughs> so the potty training and what what's the progression? And do we use puppy pads? Um, you know, do they work? The whole pheromone thing is the dog going to go do it in that corner when you're not around? Because you know, being around it's great, but if you've got to go to work and the kids are at school, you know. The yeah. pooch is here on their own. They're like, oh, well, I can't get outside, so I'm going to have to go somewhere. Do, do you corral them to somewhere in the house where you want them to go? 
if you so don't dogs too many people expect their dogs to hold on all day they shouldn't and if they can it doesn't mean that they're not uncomfortable dogs need to go to the toilet at least five times a day they should be going on not holding on any longer than four hours so even uh if they do because many dogs do obviously because they have no choice Imagine if you needed to go to the toilet and were forced to hold on for extended periods of time. We know what that does. So if you can't be at home and your dog is inside and they need to go to the toilet, that's when you use puppy pads. I would put them out by and in an area in the laundry or somewhere close to outside so they kind of have that association of this area is where I go when my parents aren't at home and this is where I go when I have access outside. Same training, luring them over, encouraging to pee in that spot. It's exactly the same training, just you're just marking out the area that you want them to go, which is why it's important that you give them an area outside that you train them to go to as well, ideally. All right. How do you know when your dog's potty trained? What's the, what are the indicators? Well, they start scratching on the door or start taking him outside. They start going outside. So um, they pretty much know where they need to go and they don't, they tend to hold on. They don't do it in their crates. They won't do it in their beds. The thing is, the other thing to do as well is start small. So if you are leaving them alone, contain them in an area. So if you're going okay. out for a couple of hours or a few hours, if you contain them in an area like a pen or a room or, a, you know, just one room, don't give them all access to the house because then otherwise they're not going to understand and learn what their den is. So they don't like to pee in their den. So if they have a small area, they'll hold on till they get outside of their den. So if you give them access to the whole house, like that whole house is their den, so they can kind of go wherever. Um, so really important to just really slowly introduce them to areas of the house. So use baby gates so they don't have free reign. Otherwise, you will find they'll wander into the carpeted areas or the rug. Um, you know, they also have a preference for where they like to pee. So, and generally it's on that, <laughs> that may have been where I went wrong with Frank. He now uh, demands his name on the, the lease and uh, the deed of the house. So he pretty much thinks it's all his den. W yes. What about, um, should you put them in a crate when you go out? You can. Um, a lot of people are averse to that. It, not longer than an hour or two. They're definitely not designed to be in there all day. Um, they need to be able to roam around. They do just lying in a den. They need to yeah, move. Um, and even if that's just inside of the house, um, putting them in a crate all day is not an option. I know some people do that because uh, their dog will otherwise tear up the place. That's not the solution. So, no, definitely not there all day. Um three, four hours if they have to, as long as they've got something to do in there as well, like the den the crate has to be a positive place for them. So if they're getting locked in there and they want to get out, that's not positive. So then it's it's a jail cell for them. So you want it to be that, okay, they've gone and had some exercise. You're going out for a couple of hours, ideally a pen or a room, but a crate, yeah, just a couple of hours, let them sleep, give them a, a long-lasting chew in there, make sure it's really comfortable, have their water in there, maybe even their food, just so that it's kind of like, oh, cool, I'm happy to be in this for a little while. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what about um, if we're travelling and taking them out on a car trip? Should I mean, obviously there's 
uh, legislation for baby seats and, and child seats. Yep. Should we, you know, where do we put them in the car? Do we put them in the seat, put them in a lap? What do we do? Do we, is there it's a, illegal. is there a. Okay. Yeah? So it's illegal to drive with the dog on your lap in all mm-hmm. states and territories. In most states and territories, they are required to be harnessed in the back seat. Um, right. Front seat, the reason why we don't put dogs in the front seat is because if the airbags deploy, it will kill them. Um, yep. So uh, harnessed in the back seat is the way to go or crated in the back seat with the mm-hmm. belt around the crate is another great one yep. as well. Um you need to stop frequently. So a lot of pets get car sick or are anxious in the car. So that's why they're, again, all of this information, if you type in the word puppy, anxiety, motion sickness, toilet training, crate training, anything we're discussing, you'll get videos and articles that explain everything in detail. But stopping regularly, not feeding them a couple of hours before you take them on the road, small meals only, make it really positive when they're being really calm and just chilling out, good dog, maybe a couple of little treats as well to try and make it a really positive association. Lots of stopping every hour, pee stops, water, and, uh, yeah, just keeping it. And go to fun places. Just don't put them in the car and go to the vets all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Now you said that, that whole good dog thing. Can you give a puppy too many cuddles? Well, you need to be careful about hugging a dog in instances, but don't get me started on that, Mano, because we've only got a short space of time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to go overboard. It's really important that our dogs learn to be quite independent as well. So good dog is really, it's like, yes, always mark a desired behaviour, good dog, and you don't, you know, they don't, not too much, just nice little cuddles, some pats, but just, yeah, don't go over, overboard. Otherwise, you're just going to end up with a sooky, anxious little bundle of mess. And you might love it, but it's it's not great for the dog. And they don't actually like being hugged either, by the way, just FYI. It's not natural. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've been doing it all wrong, Lara. I've been doing it all wrong. Um <laughs> I mean, I know this is a this is a hard question to answer, but can you speculate as to what sort of emotions are, are is a puppy feeling when it comes to a, a new home? You know, I know it's it's yeah. only young. It's it's not even you know in human years, it's probably not even a year old. You know, no. um, what sort of are they terrified or are they excited or? What are they going through? Well, it depends if they're a puppy farm dog or where they're coming from, of course. But, hey, let's not get into that either. Generally, it's very overwhelming for them. So, you know, they've come away from their family, their safety, their security, their mother. Um, They've probably gone in a car ride, which is the first time that they've done it. They might be feeling a bit queasy from the car ride as well, a bit anxious from it. It's a very stressful time um, for most puppies. While they have fun and they're open to new experiences as well, if it's all positive and great, they're still going to be feeling really unsure about their surroundings. So that's why we do see puppies. It's a really good time actually, to give your puppies a probiotic um, yeah. It's, yeah, for their gut health to really help deal and with that stressful time, change of diet. Big, Unless we've got to go into the that. The big dog probiotic you're talking about, right? Uh, absolutely. I was trying not to be too obvious there, but yes. Um, no, that's okay. Uh, really we can be overt. 
yeah, needs to be given to the puppy. Perfect time to give it that brain, gut. Um, you know, there's so many more studies coming out now that we know that looking after their gut and their microbiome is so important from puppyhood and really to help counteract the stress and anxiety, it's a really good time to do that too. So what at what age can we start giving that probiotic? They can start that. We just uh, had a chat with our vet, Dr. Mel, on that and pretty sure they can start that from their eight weeks once they're coming to the home. Like talk to your vet before giving your puppy anything new and we need to remember as well to start everything small. Same with diet. If we get onto diet, briefly now yeah let's um, do it let's do diet obviously it's all about transitioning them across to whatever diet you're going to be feeding them obviously everyone Hang on, what? wait i haven't finished yet whatever diet <laughs> obviously um i would be advocating for weaning them over to a raw a complete and balanced raw food diet big dog being the one that i choose um but it has to be done slowly and particularly we would assume that the breeder is not feeding them a raw food diet as well. So the last thing you want to be doing is getting them home and changing their diet because that's going to cause tummy upsets. Um, so we need to understand what the breeder's been feeding them and if it's been a dry kibble, majority give kibble, well, majority that I know, uh, give kibble, mince, that you know that's sort of what they're doing so they've had a little bit of raw in their diet um so you just need to slowly like we're talking 90 10 percent 90 percent old diet 10 percent go to the big dog website for transitioning across but you know it could take up to a month if they've only ever been fed dry food and you're putting them across to a total big dog raw food diet so slow sure. little bits and again with the probiotics just little bits as well but definitely talk to your vet and ideally a holistic vet that's not going to scare you saying oh food diets are bad yeah 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 absolutely and um yeah you said that that eight week mark they are fully able to start consuming a raw food diet yes yeah slowly introducing one because so, I obviously yeah. yes yeah, yeah, yeah I would ab absolutely have been giving and just remembering that their gut is going to be going through a lot of changes a lot of stress and anxiety so you know if they're vomiting I'll have diarrhea longer than a 24 hour period, then definitely go see your vet um, just so they can have some supplements to help rejuvenate them. Don't panic. Um, if you see any blood, of course, again, that's, you know, go straight to your vet, um, no matter what, how long it's been. But generally, you know, the change of diets and puppies like to sniff and smell and eat things that they shouldn't. So just keeping an eye out for any weird behaviour is important. On that, puppy-proof your home. How do I puppy-proof my home, Lara? Oh, that's so big as well. Again, more articles on that. Um, but things, making sure there's no escape. Like if a puppy can get its head through a hole, it can get its body through. Any dog can. So unless man. So if a, if a puppy can, if a dog can get its head through a hole, it can get its body through. In yeah. theory, definitely puppies, they can get their head through. So balconies, be really mindful of that. Any holes under fences, pools, any little gaps, electrical cords, anything they want to chew, they love to chew anything. So get that out of the way. Chemicals, fertilizers, um, toys, little toys, chew toys, batteries, 
Um, get your shoes off the floor. Don't blame your dog for chewing your shoes. They don't know. They just think it's a fun toy to chew. Your fault. Get them out of there. Um, and <laughs> cushions, anything. Don't blame the dog. Just think like a crazy little puppy that wants to chew everything and be prepared. It sounds a lot like baby-proofing your home. Exactly. It's all exactly the same. <laughs> so if I'm then at this point where I'm ready to head out into the big wide world and take uh, uh, my little beautiful bundle of joy, um, you know, the, the shots, obviously they need to have shots before they're being socialised with other dogs. Correct. Yes, um, yes. Is my best bet just taking them to the dog park and saying, all right, go socialise? <gasps> What do we do? Do we have play dates? What do we do? Play dates, yes. Puppy school, sign up for puppy school and socialisation classes. Um, there are many now at vet clinics and stuff that will accept them once they've had their first round of vaccinations. So that's uh, mm-hmm. that's great. The earlier you can take your puppy for socialisation and training, the better. Everything they learn in their first 16 weeks of their life is retained. 80% of their memories are formed in that first 16 weeks of their life, good or bad. So that's why we see a lot of dogs that have had or puppies that have not had the training or the socialisation or over-socialisation, like being taken down to the dog park and let run with all the dogs. That's why we see at 12, 18 months, them having all the reactivity or the anxiety issues. Um, It needs to be done small groups, positive groups with other puppies, but exposing them to as many people, old people, different races of people, people in wheelchairs, um, skateboards, bikes, scooters, vacuums, always in a positive way. No reaction, just good dog when they're nice and calm or they're curious. Yes, good dog. Um, Always reinforcing that behaviour. But just no, most trainers, in fact, I'd say all trainers, pretty much hate dog parks. They are a melting dog fights and they set so many dogs up to fail. There's so many owners that don't do the right thing with their dogs or puppies, don't, aren't aware of dog body language. The puppies are all fine playing, thinking, we all think, aren't they having fun? They're playing, they're jumping, they're getting jumped on. Wonderful. Internally, they're going, oh, my God, I hate this. And then they hit adolescence and they go, I've had yeah. enough. So yeah. that's yeah. that's pretty much what I deal with as a trainer. That's the main thing, dealing with all the young puppies and young rescue dogs that were taken to dog parks and really didn't want to be there. That, that point you made around 80% of their memories are formed in the first 16 weeks of their life kind of feeds into an old saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, oh. doesn't it? It does, it does, but you can. You can. <laughs> yeah, I know you can. I know. Yeah, exactly. But that, I think that's quite phenomenal that that they learn so much in those first 16 weeks. That's unbelievable, which mm. funnily enough um, is a wonderful segue into my next question, which is around another saying that dogs are a product of their environment. So, you know, we spoke earlier about a calm environment, but it's so important that that environment is conducive to a well-behaved puppy early on, if that's the case, that they're learning so much in those first 16 Mm -hmm. weeks. Yeah. Um, You know, I do a lot of media media interviews around the topic of breed, particularly when you see on the news a dog attacks happened and everyone goes, oh, it was a stuffy, it was a pit bull, all of this. 
Breed doesn't predict aggressiveness. Um, it doesn't, you know, yes, oh, and or anxiety. Yes, genetics plays a role in whether a dog is going to be anxious or not. But by far, you know, you have that whole nature versus nurture argument. Um, by far, it is what they've been through, their experiences, their environment, um, all of that is what most impacts on a dog's behaviour. And on a very few occasions, genetically, particularly if you haven't researched your breeder and the parents have had anxiety or have been aggressive, um, then they can have that gene, of course. Um, but that's you know, nine times out of 10, particularly with aggression, it comes from a place of fear. And if you look back, it's generally their environment or their early early critical period of development that you can pinpoint what went wrong. Or a single aversive event can actually impact on a dog quite significantly as well. So we're always looking for all of those factors. What we spoke at the start around understanding what sort of dog is right for me or right for the individual. What is there like a little self questionnaire you need to apply to yourself that will give you a read on what sort of pet parent you'll be and whether you should be a pet parent or not? Sure. I wish there was a wish. Yes. I wish everyone had to pass a test um before they got a dog but apparently they tried licenses in the UK and that didn't work either so um yeah. I think you know people need to be brutally honest with themselves um and really look at their lifestyle and really think about what's right I mean look I'm I, look I, I call it as I see it a lot of people get dogs or puppies because they want company they want someone that's going to be there when they get home from work at the end of the day because they're lonely um and i understand all of that that's, but that's kind of okay isn't it well if you are able to give the dog what it needs to thrive well, of course thrive, absolutely right? yeah. and that's great and that's when i think you, a lot of people, yeah, need to stop and go, okay, am I doing this for my needs that are going to change? Like you might be feeling a bit lonely and now, but are you always going to feel like that? And is what's if your lifestyle changes, is it kind of like, oh, well, yeah, I don't really need the dog as much now or I haven't got time for the right. dog too much work I right. didn't realize it was so much work so yeah just I'm really really adamant about how much work it is and <laughs> I know I have two rescues and I never planned on getting either of them they just came into my <laughs> life um and I have is to it a matter of <laughs> is it a matter of working out whether you want to be loved or give love if and everyone wants to be loved um and you can but if you've yeah. got love to give you know if I, I just want to love something yeah. then that's great right and then you, you you have that impetus to put the time and the effort and the attention yeah. in to make sure this animal thrives and does it rather than just survives that's right and love is there a saying right you know love isn't always enough like so just loving be careful about just loving a dog and loving them too much so you need to have you need to be a firm but fair leader and it's really leadership is the key because if we're not good leaders to our dogs and I don't mean alpha training 
You can look at my Instagram videos to see me rant about many of these topics. Um, but it's, I don't mean that you have to be the boss, but you need to give your dog confidence that you have got everything under control because they rely on you 100%. You control everything in their world. That includes what they're exposed to, you know, the elements um, around them, the environment, their food. They are totally reliant on you. So you need to get it right and you need to show them that you've got it totally under control. And if you don't have it under control and you're too lenient, you don't set boundaries, you're inconsistent with your boundaries. One day they're allowed on the bed, the next day they're not. Yes, good dog. And then the next day, you know, all puppy jumping. Yes, that's great. Isn't that wonderful? Then they grow up and then it's like, get down. Like the dog's going, what? (laughs) So it's all about just going, all right, I'm just going to set the boundaries and the rules and I'm going to show them that I've got it all covered so they can relax and not worry about taking control and the world is sorted for them. Um, Okay. Uh, And you're right. I I think that there is that ability to be firm, which is really quite important in, in parenting of at any level and, and certainly when you're you know raising a, a puppy from scratch as well. Lara, there's been so much so much we've spoken about and so many other cheeky little uh, wormholes we could have uh, gone down. but I just want to recap some of the main points. So you know we, we've spoken about it a couple of times looking at your lifestyle and what animal is suitable for you and just making sure that you are in it for the long haul and that's just table yeah. stakes number one. Um, yes. Once you've got past that and you've decided where you want to go, you know, we, we're getting down to the nitty gritty and the detail of things, which is around, uh, you know, this new animal, make sure it's got something that smells of its siblings and its mum, which that's a really key point for me. And, and, and I don't think I've been in a situation where I've had that. So I think that's really important. So you bring home something that gives it that smell of its family, right? Yes, absolutely. I leave my socks when I uh, went away. I left him. I went away for five days. Vindy had my socks in his bed. That's pretty cute. Um, that whole crate training piece, another thing that I wasn't terribly big on, but the way you've sold it to me, I think is really important. Giving them that happy, safe space where they want to go into the crate rather mm-hmm. than it being get into a cage. It's like, no, this is your this is your little den. This is yeah. this is perfectly just for you. You know, making sure the kids are away from it, and and they know that that's their place to go, and they can just chill, relax, have the nice smelling blankets in there, the soft toys, things like that. Um, oh, I that, that whole talk. So yeah, it sounds pretty good actually. <laughs> Give me that <laughs> nice smelling little crate. I'll I'll go in there. Uh, the the puppy training piece is a big element, um, but I think the key points that you said were you know, the positive reinforcement and, and ensuring that um, it's going into the same place so it knows that that is that place outside, that's where it's going to the toilet. And if you catch it in the act, you know, they, they've got the short memory, they don't understand what they've done wrong, so don't get angry at them. But, in you know, lean into that positive yeah. reinforcement and look for that sniffing and circling behaviour as well. And this whole thing about them having to go to the toilet every four hours, that's really interesting as well. That's adult dogs. Um, yeah, puppies. adult dogs. So puppies like every half hour, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the diet's a big one as well. Now, you know, us having the exposure to um, the raw food diet, which we have over many, many years, we understand that at the eight-week point, the puppies can absolutely tolerate 
the raw food diet, but obviously introducing it because it most likely will be a new diet to them. So there is that transition period. And the probiotic, great call on the probiotic because mm-hmm. it has such a cool uh, effect on their temperament as well, right? Yes. Quick thing on that diet as well because most will come home, as I said, with the biscuits and the mints. Feeding your dog uh, mince, rice or chicken and rice and frozen veggies is not a complete and balanced meal. So, no. Absolutely, it is not. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the last time I saw a wolf out in the wild cooking some rice, oh, years ago. (laughs) Years ago. In April and none of them were eating rice at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that 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 socialization piece, make sure that you know puppy school is on the cards. Uh they you are I, I really like what you said around giving the puppy exposure to different things so it's not a shock when they see a skateboard or a wheelchair or a you know a, a big bearded man or a you know a little kid you know they've got to have that exposure to different things so it's not this oh my god what's that it's a it's just another thing that yes I know how to deal with that and move forward I really love that loud noises as well really important to stop thunderstorm phobia on the first thunderstorm get out and play ball or play with them so that they associate good things with it Amazing. Excellent, excellent tips. Now, you you keep referencing all of these tips uh, accompanied by information and videos on your websites, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Where do we find find those? Poochersatplay.com in the training behaviour. Just type in the keyword or even on larashannon.com. I've broken it into there's a puppy one. I've broken into topics as well. So either or. So... So larashannon.com, poochesatplay.com. Obviously, the Big Dog Pet Foods website is an amazing uh, reference for all information you need with regards to animal care as well. If you do have a question uh, out there in listener land, customercare at bigdogpetfoods.com, you can email them. You can give them a call. The, uh, the holding, if you call Big Dog these days, the holding voice, it's a guy who's got a pretty good voice. Give him a call, see if you can... See what that guy's got to say. He's pretty. Calling up tomorrow just to (laughs) make sure you do. Um, And look, uh, obviously follow Big Dog on the socials as well. Have you got the socials all happening? You on the on the Instagram machines, TikToks, all all manner of it. How do they? How do people find you on those? Lara Shannon, I think I'm Lara Shannon 01 on TikTok because I owned Lara Sh- I don't know, it took me a while. I had about five accounts on there and I couldn't figure out how to use it. So it's Lara Shannon 01, <laughs> Lara Shannon on Insta, Lara Shannon AU on Facebook, and then Pooches at Play on all, uh, just on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, X. Pooches at Play on, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, X, X it is now. My goodness. Well, Lara, that was a thoroughly informative chat. And as I said, it could have gone on for hours, but I think you touched on everything we needed to talk about. And I just wanted to thank you for coming by to pause and listen. <laughs> That's how we roll with this beautiful Big Dog Pet Foods podcast. Make sure you surpri- subscribe if you're out there and listen land to this podcast. And uh, I think Lara and I deserve a five-star rating for that because I think we're pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, even if it's just to stroke our fragile egos. But... Uh, Lara, it's been a real treat chatting with you this evening. I really appreciate it. And um, thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Fun as always. Always fun. And as I said, please subscribe to this podcast, no matter what platform you're listening on. I'm signing off for the evening. And uh, make sure you give your pup a little scratch from me. Take care and have a great time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information and content, visit the Big Dog Pet Foods website. Please note that the information discussed in these podcasts is general in nature and has been provided in good faith for educational and informational purposes only. The information provided is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for professional advice or care. If any of the topics discussed raise questions or concerns for you regarding the health of your pet, we recommend that you consult your veterinarian or trusted pet health provider for an individual assessment and advice. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.